Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hi, everybody, and here is your opportunity to get a good feel of what is the difference between hosting and facilitating. I'm Cindy, and uh, I have Lynn here, who is going to be hosting for me today. Thank you, Desiree, for streaming. Uh, And uh, my trusty intern, Nat, is here to assist in any way I need, huh, Nat? That's what uh, I sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, that's great. Thank you, Nat. Okay. So I want to start off by uh, talking a little bit about the roles of, because it's interesting, Zoom has determined what a host is and it's not always what we think, what we envision a host to be, right? Host is typically, uh, you know, you think of somebody that's hosting a meeting, it's their meeting, right? But in Zoom language, host is the person who owns the room. That's, that's who they determine as a host. And so I think that, you know, we do things differently than what was originally planned. It would be my account. I'd open the room. Hi, everybody. You know, we're here because this is my account and it's my meeting. But typically, that is not how we use it today. And in fact, there's no way in, you know what, I could ever be the person to run every single meeting that I'm hosting on more than one account, actually three different accounts that I'm using right now for the community and many of the meetings that we or events that we're holding on this in this community are actually being hosted on other people's accounts. Thank goodness. Uh, Because at this point, really, I am the one that has to go and open those meetings or some version of me. So let's talk about um, the difference and and what is a host, what is a facilitator. Uh, So answer this question. If you know the answer... Uh, raise your hand. So do not raise your hand until I ask the question. <laughs> um, but who do you think is responsible for a meeting, whatever the session is, the event? Who is responsible for that? There's Sheila. Why don't you? All right, that's good, guys. We got we got Sheila. I have a feeling Sheila's going to know the answer. Sheila, you can unmute. Hi, Sheila. Oops. Go ahead, Sheila. Should be able to have the meeting. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it didn't give me didn't give me the notice. The person that's, okay. that's responsible for the information in the meeting is the facilitator. That's right. Thank you. Very good. Thanks. And um, why don't we go to the next person and I'll see if they know the answer to this question. Uh, who do we have next? We have we have Eugene. Okay, so Eugene, my question for you is, who is responsible for the security of the meeting? Eugene, you have a notice there you can unmute. So when you're doing it, it's not happening. I'm having to do the allow. Oh my gosh, I understand. It's the host. It is is the host. Thank you. If you could lower their hands and, and disable their talking. 
Lynn, that would be great. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. And let's see. I want to ask another question. Um, who do you think... Let's see. Um, we're going to go to Deborah. Oh, I think. Shoot. I thought it. that's what I heard. I accidentally lowered all the hands. I'm sorry. All right. Hey, Deborah, you can unmute. Hi. Hi there. I so, Deb, yeah, though. Deborah, your question is, uh, who is the who is able to actually facilitate a call in our community? Um, who's who's I allowed to? Anyone can facilitate, but you have to have training to be a host. I think. Good job. Perfect. That's perfect. All right, we're going to stop there with our questions for right now. Yes, anyone can facilitate. A common question that I receive uh, is, <clears throat> uh, "What do you think about this topic?" Uh, you know, or um, could we do, you know, could we cover this subject area? A lot of times people bring ideas and they have for the last close to six months and, uh, but they aren't willing to facilitate. And to be honest, if you're not willing to facilitate and you have an idea, it probably is just going to sit somewhere until somebody else comes up with that same idea and says they will facilitate. Because I do not have time to pull a, a topic together. So that that is just fact. Um, but if you come up with an idea and you want to run with it, I will support you in every way I can uh, to do that and um, so hosting is a different story uh, if somebody is on their own account I can't control who they choose to host their their meetings and their events and um, but they are allowed to uh, there's a spot in an the email I send out every week now there's a lot of kind of guidelines and information that I request and information I share with people that are planning an event. And so one of the things is, is if it's on your own Zoom account, which is great, that's fine. Let me know if you want me to provide you a host. We have 18 individuals that are helping out with hosting this week alone, just from community volunteers. That's not counting people that are holding meetings on their own accounts and providing their own hosts so it takes a lot when we first got started it was just me hosting and then I had two people and then I had six for probably the brunt of it through July and we've been slowly bringing more people on to help host so uh, we have about 22 people available right now and that number is going to continue to grow which is amazing because these calls are also growing we have over 80 calls scheduled for this week alone in april we had 88 in all so hosting is important to me to have people uh go through training because i take some responsibility then for you as a host and when it is on our accounts I am ultimately responsible for what goes on on that account. So I want to talk a little bit about what it means to keep a meeting safe and secure and who's 
responsible for what parts of the meeting and to ensure that it it is ran that way okay um okay so um first there's there's uh definitely some expectations um we have a code of conduct that acb has adopted a year ago and i now send it out to everyone who is considering holding a, a meeting in the community and i it is is my expectation that people read that and have an idea about what it says because it really is the framework for how we should expect our meetings to run this is not a lot different than say uh our email lists and more importantly what i what I also have responsibility over, which is our Facebook group. I want all of our meetings to be a safe place where people feel respected and really where people feel safe. So it's got to be a safe zone. And that means that there's got to be some management of the content. If it's a free-for-all and we just let people go, then conversations can get out of hand um, and if people, uh, you know, feel free to talk about whatever it is they're talking about and nobody's stopping them, they're going to go and they can take it a little bit further and a little bit further. And we never know who's in the room. So, you know, one of the things I want to be really clear is defining the difference between a host and a facilitator and who's responsible for what. If you're a facilitator and you've organized a meeting, a, a presentation, a topic discussion, that is all your responsibility. The content, uh, how you want that event to take place, how you want it to run, that is all on you as the facilitator. You can decide if you want to use raised hands, which I highly encourage. You can decide if you know you want to have everybody introduce themselves in the room if it's a lot of people and you're wanting to really um, share some important information you may not want to do that in most presentations because it it's going to take you a while to get through everybody <clears throat> but if it's a small group you might want to do that but that's up to you that that is all on you as the facilitator you get to decide if uh, you want to take questions and answers and you can decide who your presenters are. You can decide, <clears throat> you know, is it going to be a 60-minute presentation or is it going to be a 90-minute presentation? Of course, that needs to come when you actually schedule the event to let me know. Most of our events are 60 minutes, but it is possible to go a little bit longer if we know in advance. So, the content and how the meeting is going to be structured or the event is going to be structured is all on you as the facilitator. So those are things that you want to think about. Who is your audience? You get to draft up the description, the title, how catchy do you want to make it? What time is it going to be held? <clears throat> uh, what day is it going to be on? So th those are all decisions made by you as the facilitator. The host is responsible for the room and what goes on in that room. When I hand over the host duties to someone else, I'm giving them control of my account. 
So I, my expectation is, is that they're going to run that room like I would run that room. And I always tell hosts that their, their two main jobs is as a mic runner and as security. So they're like the bouncer <laughs> and they're, they're the mic runner. <clears throat> so it's really important that both the host and the facilitator have opportunity prior to a meeting beginning to chat and make sure they're on the same page. They are a team. They need to work together. As far as the meeting is concerned, the facilitator is in charge of that meeting and the host is there to support them. Uh, But the host does have a responsibility and an obligation to step in if they see things going awry. So if a discussion is getting out of hand, if somebody starts revealing uh, important or or personal information. Um, You know, we don't want that in a meeting, especially if it's being streamed. But really, these calls in the beginning, people would always want to exchange email addresses. And really, when we want to keep things safe and secure for people, it is not to allow them to share personal information in a room where other people are around. It'd be like you going into a big meeting room and you're just talking to somebody, but they're across the the table and it's quiet in the room and you shout out, okay, well, my phone number is blah, blah, blah. Well, there's 85 other people sitting around in that room that could take that number down and you have no idea of who took it down. So we don't even want to offer that as an option for people. There are so many other ways now people can get connected. Um, I have forwarded emails to people when somebody wanted to get in touch with a presenter or uh, a host or, you know, a president or whatever. Uh, We have our Facebook group now that people can connect on and do private messages. Uh, They can, you know, certainly that's a great way to connect with people outside of our community calls. But the community calls themselves are not the place for us to be sharing personal information. If you have a business or you are doing a presentation and you want to be able to have a way for people to communicate with you and you only have personal information, please get yourself a Google voice number, get yourself a Gmail account, uh, a Gmail address. Uh, They're free. And then you can feel free to share those Uh, pieces of information but really unless it's a a business number and and it's a business email address discouraging it all the way for you to share it okay Uh, so hosts that would be your responsibility to make sure that people are reminded if it starts to happen that you can interject and say I am sorry but we are not allowed to share personal information on this call so that's you your security Right, so you're you're exercising that, and that's great. Um, as a host, they are there to support you as the facilitator. So it is not their call; it is your call. <clears throat> and if any facilitators have a problem with a host trying to take over their call, please let me know, and so that I can make sure that hosts are reminded of what their role is. Sometimes, and I've been there, hosts will take personal privilege to share 
as part of a discussion because we're part of, you know, we're in the meeting and we're interested and we want to. And that's, and I think that that is okay. I'm not going to say that that's not, I don't think that we should take over the call though. So we need to make sure that we are exercising discretion if we do that and we do it maybe one time. It's not something that we should be doing every time. And every time somebody says something, it's not our job to respond to the person asking a question. It is not our job to let somebody know that they're kind of going off track. That's really the, the facilitator's job. So if you have a person that's raised their hand, is asking a question, and they are way off track, telling their whole life story, uh, and you want to move on, facilitators, that's on you. It's not the host's job to stop them. Because remember, the meeting is yours. Their job is to say, so-and-so, you can talk, to unmute them if that's needed, uh, to lower their hand when they're done, and to mute them if, again, that's needed. So that's that's the host's job and the host's job is also maybe to tell you you have 10 people with their hands raised and you only have 10 minutes left right so that you have an idea about the framework of the rest of your meeting so the host will give you that information but it's not their job to move people along that is your job as the facilitator i i hear somebody has their hand raised uh lynn if you want to go to that we can we could probably jump there okay Zoom user, you may now unmute. Zoom user, who are you? My name is AJ. Hi, AJ. Hello. And what's your question? Um, my question is: as a, as a beginning, as a beginning Zoom user, um, where do I go to um, to download this particular uh, the Windows client for the Zoom application on my Windows PC? So this call is not about, um, this is not really for you as a new Zoom user, uh, but you can go to zoom.us and you can download the Zoom application onto your computer from there. And so then once I download the Zoom client to my PC, would I have to to download the JAWS scripts? Uh, There are already some free JAWS scripts built in. I've been using Zoom for the last six months, and I do not have the paid scripts, and I use it just fine. This this is my very first time. I'm. I'm I understand. Yeah. And and what what does the does the free basic account give me in in being able to host forty minute meetings? So, I'm I'm gonna move us along because this is really not this is really for hosts and facilitators that are currently hosting and facilitating. Oh, okay. AJ, so I'm going to try and move us along, but I will just tell you that as a um, as a uh, with a free account, uh huh. If you have a free account, you have yes, up ma'am. to forty minutes. With yes. more than two people, if you have okay. less than two people, if you have just two of you, you can, you know, talk for longer. Um, so you do not have to have a, a paid account to be able to participate in any aspect of the community calls. So somebody okay. else doing an event or uh-huh. holding a meeting, anybody can go to that, and um, and even people with a free account are able to host and facilitate on a different account. They can't do it on their own. So, oh, all right. Okay. Okay. okay, we're gonna continue moving on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, uh, okay, is, 
is there any other questions? Um, so I think you're having trouble getting hand. Are you not lowering hands? And what I did on? lower his hand. Okay, there's there's still um, people are still able to talk. So you want to? Um, What's wrong with my child? You need to go into disable talking. Okay. Um, so I want to continue. Uh, let's see. If one of the things that what I was going to talk about earlier is that people ask about topics and is this topic a good topic or is this, you know, uh, if you create an event, people will come. And what I have learned is that it doesn't matter if it's on a Wednesday night at 7.30, a Monday night at 6, a Friday night at 9, people come. Oh, even a 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday or at 4 p.m. on a Wednesday, right? It doesn't matter. And uh, if we build it, they will come. That's my motto. So... If you have a burning desire to see a topic covered, you can either facilitate it and bring it to me, or you can find the right people to facilitate the call. So you don't have to do it, but I'm just letting you know, you bring me the topic and you don't have a facilitator, it isn't happening until you bring the facilitator to or somebody else comes forward. I need information for the following week, Sunday through Saturday, by the previous Wednesday. So tomorrow, today's a Tuesday for this call, tomorrow is the deadline for people to get their information into me at community at acb.org for Sunday through Saturday of this coming week. This allows Nat and I to put a schedule together with all of the appropriate information and to check information. And then we, we build a Word document and then we send it out to everybody, but we also create then a spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet has what account a call is on and a link to the meeting. And it has the, the day, the time, the name of the event that I'm going in order now, the link, the, the account it's on, who's hosting it, who the facilitator is and if it's going to be streamed and we know when we learn who's streaming it who's streaming it that is a spreadsheet that we have to put together after the word document with the schedule has been built and then we have to navigate about 22 currently 22 individuals who are hosts their individual schedules to fit into that big seven week or seven day schedule that has been um, built and uh, so it's a lot it's very time consuming and if you add something to it on Thursday or Friday you are making more work for us and we've we've not really turned anybody away but I just want you to know how much we appreciate those of you who send us information by Wednesday because that really gives us, you know, a opportunity to stay caught up and not get way behind. Because it does take all of Thursday and usually some into Friday to finish that schedule. And Nat can attest to that. And sometimes we're working into Saturday. So as, you know, this is growing, we really need your support to ensure that uh, things are getting on the schedule. 
in a timely manner. If you hold an event on a regular basis um, every week, every every day, or whatever, please still send us something and say, um, we're still on for this event, still on, same information. Uh, so some people set things up recurring, that's great. Um, you know, if, if you do, if it's the same, let us know it's the same. If it's different, let us know it's new information below or whatever. Uh, don't expect us to remember that it's the second and the fourth, whatever, Thursday. Uh, still send us the information by the Wednesday prior to that week. All right. I see Kristen. Yes, Kristen. Kristen, um, go ahead. Do you have a question, Kristen? Yeah. Um, I did. Um, my question involved, so when do you offer the host training? How often do you, when is the next one? Sure. We are currently working on putting a hosting team together um, to help because it's mainly been me and then Mika's been helping me some. Uh, we have over 25 people on a waiting list right now and we are taking them. We When we do training, it's four people at a time. I am building a crew of people to help I, I'm going to try and build a team of four trainers, not counting me, that will actually help train so we can actually do 16 people at one, you know, in one week. Typically, one or two sessions are required and then um, just depends. Some people move through it quicker. Some people have less technical difficulties. It's usually not the person. It's usually computers, JAWS, Zoom, you know, the the stars aren't aligning. Um, but, uh, and then once, you know, we know that somebody has all of, you know, the stuff, the all the tools that they need, um, we will put them on the schedule typically one time the following week. And we'll set them up with somebody that will shadow them. So somebody that's been hosting for a little while. Uh, we will have them shadow and just provide any in, you know feedback and be there in case things go awry. So we want everybody to be set up for success. We don't want anybody to just be thrown out to the lions. So that is typically how it works. Thank you. Mm -hmm. okay. Terry, go ahead. Terry? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, Zing, I hope you don't have too much feedback. I have a brand You're kind of quiet, but. Uh, I have a brand new computer and I don't have my regular microphone. That's okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, two questions. Uh, uh, question and a comment. First of all, on the training, if you ever um, are looking for anyone to do any training with someone who doesn't use a screen reader, I'd be more than happy to help you out. Okay. With I'll put you down. Thank you. Um, secondly, question um, on mask back and security issues. Yes. Masking phone numbers. Yes. Do you happen to know, is there a way to do that when you're setting up the call? Uh, setting up no, it's a it's a it's a global setting. So it's uh, for all of your. Yeah. So you have to do it on each. No, you call. do it for in settings. You do it in settings. Go to phone. And then it's in the, the phone tab in settings. Oh, it's okay. in your global settings. Oh, and, right, and one of the things and one of the things that I will say, a lot of people kind of throws off, but in settings, Zoom for the most part does not require you to confirm that you've made a setting. So there's no, you know, done, confirm, okay, 
you know, none of those kind of buttons, right? As soon as you make a setting to be check a checkbox, uncheck a checkbox, whatever it is, that setting takes effect right then and there. So, okay, we have another uh, question. Anisio? Anisio, go ahead. You may now unmute. Okay, I think I'm unmuted now. Yes, yes you, are. you are. I can uh, hear you. Cindy, just, just uh, considering the number of events you have already this week and the growth that you expect and the fact that you already have 20 plus people waiting to be trained, how many more do you need to be host? So I know that we're not training people just for the community. I mean, I, I, I hope everybody's willing to help with the community, but that's not what we're just training people for. We're training people, what I envision is that these community calls are valuable, not just nationally for us as ACB, but they're also very valuable for state and special interest affiliates, for chapters. So, you know, when we are training hosts, I know that they are taking the knowledge, you know, what they're learning, and they're going to use it in their local affiliates, and that is okay. And so I would say that there isn't a, a, a number that I would – just say, oh, now we've that's we've got all we need. I, okay, that, and then if, yeah, that's, that's a good answer. If we are interested in that training, then we just send community, community at acb.org. Okay, thank you. You're doing a wonderful job. I thank you. And just be patient with us. I I promise we'll get to you. We're going to work through this. And you're right, um, Anisio. There's been such great growth, and it's exciting. And we're you know we've got to find ways to manage it and there's Absolutely. things that have been put into place over the last couple of months that weren't in place for the first right. four months that we did this right and training is one of those areas that i'm now working on getting a handle on and going to train people to train people mm -hmm. right train the trainers put them out there and get and then we can if we can do 16 all at one time that's amazing. And, but I also know that the best way for people to learn is to do. And so you can get some of that experience here in the community. And then you will have the tools you need to be able to really be, you know, a, a help to your own affiliates. So great. Well, thank yeah. you so much. You bet. Thanks, Anisio. All right, Deborah Armstrong, you may now unmute. Okay, how much choice do hosts get when uh, they're given the list of calls they have to? to host they are not given a choice okay um they used to when we were smaller and there was only six of them and we had less calls but today and and today uh we have a list of when people are available and we put people try and spread them out try not to have you know one person eight we used to have one person might be scheduled uh 10 times the whole week uh, you know, now most of our our um, volunteers are hosting anywhere from one to four calls a week. And there are some days like on a Wednesday where I need 14 calls covered. And, you know, so sometimes I might have to have because not it seems like Wednesdays are the busiest day. And they're also the busiest day for my volunteers. I have a lot of them unavailable on a Wednesday. So... It makes it a little stressful, but we make it work. And sometimes that means somebody working twice in a Wednesday. So, Okay. Uh, Cindy, you may now unmute. Hi, Cindy. All right. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, good. Well, oh, there. Now it said audio and mute. Sorry, I was eating cookies. That's dinner. Um, 
I just wanted to say that since I've been hosting, I this is my outlet, and I really have enjoyed. I have really enjoyed it. I'm glad. Uh, I like the sessions. And what my favorite part about doing this is, it's like you said, you're not the facilitators. I just get there, sit back, and you have to really, you know, it's not like it's a stressful thing, but watch the names, fill in the phone numbers with the name, lower the hand, mute the person, blah, blah, blah. But it has, and I mean, it isn't hard at all. I mean, you have to get into the rhythm. It takes a couple calls to get into the rhythm. And uh, it really is enjoyable. So if anybody wants to give it a shot, I, I think it's a great idea. Wonderful. Thank you, I think, Cindy. I mean, I think hosting, I have really enjoyed it. Now, tomorrow night, I'm doing the meditation at 9 o'clock. So I know at 9.30, I'll be going to bed because I did it last week. And when I did it. <laughs> so there's a double benefit, isn't there? There's a double benefit. They're going, All right. In, Very good. Breathe out. Breathe All out. Right. I'm going, oh, my God. I really got into it. And by the time I got done, I was asleep. Quarter to 10. All right. We're going to keep moving. But so, thank all right, you, Cindy. Go on. All right. Thank you. Yep. Hey, Nathan, you may now. Oh, hold on. I had lost him. There we go. Nathan, you may now unmute. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hi, Nathan. Hi there. So um, I hosted, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and I have a I have a comment and I have a question. Um, yep. <clears throat> the comment is one I, I learned in training, just to put it out there. When you're hosting, it's and you're focused on what's going on in the room, you re- really don't have the ability, at least I don't, to be able to focus on what's being talked about in the call. So if you're going to if you're going to take a call, or if you're going to take a, um, a one of the one of the um, Zoom meetings as a host, you probably want to take one that may not necessarily be your keen interest, because <laughs> you won't have time to really be able to um, listen to it. And maybe later you can on a recording. But well, and I think I think that's a good point. Other than yeah. people don't get to choose them because I'm I'm I really am setting people up on the oh, calls okay. based on need, but I think that. If it is, if, you know, people, when they get their schedule, they're mm. told to let us know if there's anything that they're scheduled for, they are unable to do so we can, you know, reassign something, right? So if there is something that you really wanted to participate in and you are scheduled for it, it and you really want to take part in it, it may be one that you would say, uh, I you know, if you could find somebody to switch me with somebody else for this one, I'd really like to take part in this one, not be the the host for example so i see i wasn't i wasn't sure about how that was set up so that's yep, good that's, to know um yeah. it's based on your availability when you mm-hmm. can work right. um, because there's so many people now it just if I put it out there i'd have to wait until i heard from everybody and then i have to try and you know 20 or out of 20 people 18 people might want one particular event mm-hmm. and i'm still left with some that people don't want I need to cover all of them. Right. So, yeah, so we base it on s- schedules and availability. And then one quick question, and that's it. Um, one thing that I had trouble with that I still am not totally clear on is when you're uh, revealing and asking someone on mute who has a phone number, what numbers should you use? Because you have the sure. numbers and you got stars and you got other numbers. So sure. which ones do you use? So it's going to read to you one. Usually it has a one in front of the phone number. So you want to listen like if it says 1501, it's 501 is the area code, right? Okay. So you could say a 501 area code. And if they don't respond, 
listen for those last three digits. So you might say two, four, six. You know and what I mean? That's always after the star, right? Yes, the it star, is. Star. Yep. Okay, great. Yep. That's what I so need there to will know. be a break in between. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's a lot easier to listen for those than it is if the phone numbers aren't masked. But anything, yes. Nathan, you're likely to be hosting for me, it's we have all of our numbers masked. So that's how it will be. Oh, well, um, the one I was in didn't. I know. I had the so numbers, it's, I like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> and I've encouraged facilitators to mask phone numbers. Thank you for bringing that up, Nathan, because I do want to really talk about that for a second. Um, so, you know, it's been it's been strongly encouraged for other accounts to mask their phone numbers. You guys, we do not know who's coming on these calls. These calls are not just ACB members. These calls are people from all over the country and when we do not mask phone numbers and we didn't for a long time we didn't know how we didn't know we could we just didn't know but we're learning and as long as we know we can be more you know more secure we i feel like it's our responsibility to do that and when we do not have the numbers masked we are giving people's phone numbers out to anyone who happens to come in that room so, and it's just because they happen to dial in. And really, that's not fair to those, those people that are participating in our events who could not come in any other way but to dial in. So, we need to protect them just like we're protecting everybody else. And so, I really encourage people to mask their phone numbers. So, thanks, Nathan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have 10 participants with raised hands. Okay. And we have Mary. Uh Okay. You still have a lot of people with hands up to. Do you need help from uh, Nat? Well, to come I I've been lowering them, but my jaws obviously hasn't been. You've yeah. got no. You've got a lot of people here. So let me, Mary. Why don't you unmute Mary, and then I will. I'm gonna Nat. I'm gonna make you also a co-host if you don't mind. I'm sorry. I don't You're understand fine. what's going on. So let's. let's okay. Get, I'll, I'll make this quick since I know we got sure. a lot of people. Um, first of all, Cindy, thank you and everyone for making this safe because that's a huge deal for me. Um, I'm all me about too. safety yes. and not giving out numbers. Um, and thank you for giving us the opportunity for you know people that are facilitators and hosts. The question I have is, um, can we, when you say to, uh, get to know our host or, or talk with our host a little mm-hmm. bit, can we talk with them like a few minutes before the meeting? Because um, I feel like that'd be a good way to communicate just a couple of things. And then the other part to my question is um, understandably, you know, we get a lot of callers in and sometimes you, you know, people want to, you know, make suggestions to the group and this and that, and you want, you want to, you want people to still keep coming, but you know, you can't always fulfill the suggestions. And then, yeah, you know, there's that risk of people maybe not wanting to come back and that's, that's okay. Um, I guess my question slash concern would be is how to go about that to not, you know, because I wouldn't want the group to completely unravel just because, let's say, X, Y, and Z suggestions are not. I'm going to say that I think that um, it it depends on, and, you know, Mary, this is all a learning curve for all of us, right? So, um, uh, I think that we need to be careful about what we ask for. So when we when we when we're having a group together, if we ask people's opinion, they're going to share it, right? Yeah. So that's the first yeah. thing. So if you don't if you don't want their opinion, don't ask for it. That's the first. Right. That's 
my first advice. Uh, and I will just say that you guys are all volunteers when you're facilitating and bringing forward some topic-driven call or discussion group or, or you know, chat or whatever it is, right? And with that said, I think you have the right to be able to make it what you want it to be. I mean, we all envision things the way we want it to be. That doesn't mean that some people's ideas, like I'm going to give an example of breakout rooms. Breakout rooms, just like why in the heck would we want to do those? You know, Mika did them first and I was like, oh no, you're opening up this Pandora's box. Ah! Um, Ah, the people love them and I had to embrace it and go for it. And you know what? We're doing them now on Tuesdays and my Tuesday and Thursday morning coffee calls have changed a lot over time. And some of it also, by the way, is because of people like you, Mary, who expressed concern about people saying their name instead of raising their hand and feeling like they weren't included. And it got me thinking about how uh, important it is for everyone to feel equally involved and not to feel overlooked. And so, you know, if you have an, as facilitators, and I may be kind of going off a little here on the side, but I think this really bears noting. If you have a group of people together, say 20 people, and you have everybody unmuted and they can chat and chime in wherever they want, the loudest and proudest are going to take over your call. And the people that are a little bit quieter voice, maybe more introverted, maybe their first time on the call, maybe they're scared, maybe they've never used Zoom before, maybe they've had a bad day, um, they're going to feel like, you know, not they're not going to feel like a part of your call. So when you ask for people to raise hands, you're giving everybody equal playing fields for the attention that you are offering. So I really thank those who made me hyper aware of, because that was the last thing I ever would have wanted to do is to leave anyone out ever, 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 right? But when we first started, our calls were smaller. On our coffee socials, we would have 30 to 40 people. We typically have over 50 now you know so as things have grown we've had to adapt and we've had to change and so now I do breakouts now I do raised hands and these are things I didn't do before but I do them now and I'm glad I do so as a facilitator decide how you want your meeting to run or your event to run open open for questions or comments about whatever the topic is redirect people if they start going off track for example if you ask somebody to talk about a certain thing like I'll just say you know let us know what you like on your hamburger and then they are responding and they say well you know I can't stand McDonald's I just it's not that's not what you asked so you might say to them I understand that's how you feel but could you answer the question what do you like on your hamburger that's what we want to know right? So you redirect them. And if somebody just starts to get irate, then you might have to say, I'm, I'm sorry, but we're going to continue on. And that should be a cue to your host to mute them and to move on. So 
the host does need to be listening to some. And the question about host and facilitator meeting, if you both can get into the room 10 minutes early, that is the ideal time. I will tell you that um, I have a lot of calls going, sometimes three at the same time time and I'm trying to open them and then I might get stuck I also work (laughs) Um, and I might get stuck on a call and then all of a sudden I get texts that say uh, somebody could open this room I'm like oh my gosh and then I'm racing to go and open the room and sometimes I might call Nat and say Nat can you go and open this room you know or whatever so um, I appreciate when my hosts let me know that a room hasn't been opened and uh yeah, get in there about 10 minutes early and take that few minutes. There might be people that wander into the room, but that's okay. If if you're having that conversation, people are usually coming into the rooms muted. And so um, just ask them to remain muted and keep on having your conversation. And what you want to be able to clearly identify between the two of you is how you're going to run the meeting. I'm going to present for a half hour and then I'll ask for questions. I'll take questions throughout the meeting. I want people to introduce themselves and, you know, announce this or answer this, you know, question. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, Yeah, I'm going to just, could you just go down the list and, you know, call on people or I'm going to do the months of the year or the first letter of, you know, their name or whatever. So you get to decide that, but you can communicate that to your host. And again, the host is there to support you. So just have a plan before you step into the room, so to speak, virtually, and then convey what you want from the host. And it doesn't take that long to do it. And so, you know, just you could do it that two minutes even before if that's when everything starts happening and on occasion things get started late and it's okay if things get started five minutes late it's there's no nothing's gonna blow up or explode right so still take that minute or two with your facilitator or your host vice versa whoever you know when you get in there take that minute and make sure you know what each other wants so do that communication piece thanks mary Okay, we have Hayal. Congratulations, oh. Mary, on your first call, by the way. Hi, Hayal. Hayal, you need to unmute. There we go. There you go. There you are. Hi, Hi Ann. So I have a question about, I'm interested in hosting, but um, due to my hearing loss, I do a little bit. I know I know about this about myself. I would do a lot better with smaller groups. And this is where I ask. I, I know you said earlier that host would not have a choice as to exactly what they they would uh, support the, uh, the event that they would support. But I was wondering, is there a possibility that um, I'm more interested in hosting, um, helping to host like affiliate meetings or chapter meetings or something, um, or it's not likely to be too insane is that a possibility in the future that it's not needing to be, to be what hey, Hiel, i didn't hear that part i'm sorry um is, is there a po- basically my question is is there a possibility in the future to where you can have um hosts specifically for affiliate events or chapter events or yeah so as i mentioned earlier i know that not everybody's going to learn to host for the community So you have to go through, you have to go through our training though, to basically get, um, uh, uh, right. I got that. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. To be able to support the the event. The The community. Yes. Right. Okay. 
So, but, okay. but, and we can provide training. I want, I want affiliates and chapters to be successful. And I want affiliates and chapters to stay connected. And I want them to be able to do similar to what we're doing on a national level. Right. So right. we're willing to offer that support. And that is why we're putting a training team together. So the answer is yes. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. Hey, Roberta, you may now unmute. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hi, Roberta. Okay. Hey, um, I'm wondering, okay, you explained the host. Well, what about the co-host? They're the same. Same. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's a couple of things a host can do that a co-host can't do, but if they're both in there, it's going to get done. Um, everybody only has typically one host, though, and it may be – so if I open a meeting and it's something I'm staying in, I likely am not going to make somebody the host. I'm going to keep the host because it's my room and I'm in there, and I'll make them the co-host, Okay. But they're the ones that are hosting the call, and they're the ones that are helping. So right now, Lynn is the co-host. I'm the host, but and also Nat is a co-host now. So I could make I could make more than one person a co-host, and they're working together to to do what they're doing. So sometimes webinar is probably the place I more likely have two people working together. We did it a lot in convention when those big meetings, lots of people, we worked in tandem several times co-hosting together in a webinar. So uh, it's not unusual, but typically in a meeting, one person's facilitating or responsible for the meeting itself. They might have presenters, um, you know, a panel or whatever, but they're responsible. And then you have one person hosting that's responsible. Thank you. Great you job. Thanks, Great Roberta. job. Thanks. Okay. Um, we, Kayla. Okay, Kayla. Kayla, one of my crazy crafty ladies. I did. I hit that. Kayla, can you unmute? It still says, uh, there, I just did it. it. It wasn't taking. I know. I know it's frustrating, Lynn. Hang in there. Hi, Kayla. Hey. I hear you. Um, so, my thing I have a problem with, and I know I do, is, um, uh, how do I say um, Like, keeping people on topic and just answering their question and being done and muting. So I was wondering if we could have a little more training on just that, how to like get people, how to actually as a facilitator, make it go a little more smoothly. Sure. And then one thing we started doing in our classes, just because we, when we're doing crafts, it takes up a lot of time. So we've been having the host tell us who the next, so they'll be like, Kayla, yep, you can that's unmute. Good. In the queue. And next yep. is going to be Cindy. Yep. And that has helped so much just good. to cut down on that. So yeah. I just want to put that out there that that's really working okay. well. Sure. That's great. And that we do that in karaoke. So, I mean, it depends, again, that's yeah. up to the facilitator. If they want to have people announce that's in the queue, you can do that. Um, you know, I'm going to say, Kayla, that the trick is setting boundaries. So you have kids. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the boundaries, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know about boundaries. Okay. So you could say, 
to help this meeting run smoothly, this is what we're going to do. This is the expectation. If you start to go too long, we're going to cut you off. You know, if you let people know what's going to happen, you're being fair across the board. You're not signaling any one person out. Really important as a facilitator when you're running a meeting that your rules, your guidelines, whatever it is that you're going to implement is fair across the board, right? So that's yeah. that's the main thing. So I'm going to just say that come up with what your strategies are. And then go over them. So, you know, the host is going to go over like, this is how you raise your hand. This is how you mute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you as the facilitator, and I'm talking to all of you as facilitators out there, you need to decide what is okay. Are you going to let somebody take over the microphone for five minutes? Are you going to let somebody interrupt and unmute and answer a question or ask a question without raising their hand and going through the other, the rest of the protocol that everybody else is going through? Are you going to um, let somebody railroad and take over a conversation? And if you are, because then that's your choice and you've decided to do that. And the, the host is not responsible to do anything about it other than to support you in, in allowing that to happen. So really, it's, you know, before you ever get in that room, have a plan in place and share your plan with the, the 10 to 50 people that you're going to be speaking to, right? Let them know. Yeah. This is really hard, you guys, but I want to keep this going. So I'm going to, if you start to get off track, I'm going to say, oops, we're getting off track. So I might say that, right? Or so you come up with what's comfortable for you because this is you doing it. So I, you know, I could give you stuff to say. Um, yeah. And it might, you know, mine might say, you know, I might say, all right, all right, ninja, and that means mute them, you know, <laughs> to the host, right? So, um, but but that might not be how you want to operate, and I'm just joking. But, uh, you know, whatever it is that you, how you're going to handle it, come up with your plan beforehand. And I think people will respect you for that, and, you know, they should honor how you want to run your call. And, um, and no one likes one, especially for recording calls and people are going to listen later. Nobody wants to listen to somebody else monopolizing a call or background noise or, you know what I mean? All of that stuff, right? That, and so we want to be respectful as we're holding a meeting for the people that are there and the people who might listen afterward and, you know, all of that, so... We don't okay. have much longer, so who do we have next? We have Agnes. All right, Agnes, I have three minutes left, so okay, let's I see. I will make can... it quick. You bet. Okay, first of all, I just want to make a quick comment. When I've been thinking about facilitating, I think about what I had to do when I was helping to teach in-person college classes and did have to set down, you know, guidelines for discussions because we only had a certain sure. time period for the class. Secondly, um, am I correct that a host, they cannot raise their hand to be acknowledged that's when true. they want to interject yeah. a comment? Yes, that's true. Hosts cannot raise their hand. And that's why I say that I think that in fairness, you know, I usually like if I'm for a social event, I'll ask my host, would you like to, you know, 
share something or whatever. Um, so you could always ask your host or if your host says, you know, before this next person, I'm going to, you know, I'd like to share my thought or my idea. That's the reason is they can't raise their own hand. You know, plus they'd be calling on themselves. And if you have two co-hosts in the room, they cannot, one of them still cannot raise their hand. So, And yeah, what about before the calls? Who has the responsibility of like when people come in and everybody starts talking and wanting to greet and want to just chat with their friends and then sometimes mm-hmm. people try to get in on that, but they can't because they're being overshadowed. Yeah. I'm going to say that's again, it's, well, I mean, it's kind of up to the host at that point, really, um, because the meeting is hasn't started. The room is the responsibility of the host. We haven't really emphasized that, and I, I kind of let people have a free-for-all before coffee socials, and, you know, it's, I mean, you could have come in one minute before, you might come in 10 minutes before, and, um, you know, it's, it's really kind of off the record. I will say this. That no matter what, the conversations still need to be safe and respectful. So it's really important, even at that time when a meeting is not in full-fledged swing and all of that, it is still phone numbers, email addresses, personal information should not be shared. And we should stay away from topics that could be of a controversial nature. So, okay. And make sure that it's, you know, we're maintaining a safe place for everybody. All right. So, got everybody, I think. No, we uh, didn't. We did not? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I think we are going to be done, though. It's right yep. on the hour. So, I want to thank you guys. I am doing this again uh, on Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so, if you are part of a group and you have people that will be facilitating or wanting to learn how to host, you can encourage them to take part. We'd love to have them. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Nat. And thank you, Desiree. And thank you to those of you listening on ACB Radio Community. And we'll see you again soon.